Episode 2, Unbound. John Halo takes Quan to an old friend and learns more about the mystery object that he found in the previous episode, which the Covenant and Maquis are determined to steal. With the alien threat growing, Dr. Halsey has a plan to deal with John's unpredictable behavior. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Campfire Gaming Podcast Reviews, Halo the TV Show. This week we are going to be covering episode 2, Unbound, as you probably heard in the intro. Um, We're going to be kind of breaking down some of our thoughts and feelings. Uh, It's going to be the same kind of a rundown as last week, hopefully with a little bit less of the explanation of the story, but more of the discussion of what has happened. All right, so we're going to just kick it off right away. Uh, I'm joined with... Uh, Heather, again, from last week. Hello, Heather. Hello. And, of course, the none other than the one and the only Matt, my co-star of this whole operation. Matt, say hello. Hello. Along with myself, Rich. <laughs> and we are the Campfire Gaming Podcast. Be sure to check us out online, campfiregamingpodcast.com. You can find our Discord, which we are also discussing all of the nitty-gritty details, posting memes, all that good stuff about Halo, the TV series, Halo in general, and all that good stuff. You can join us there. Um, from our website, the link to the, link to the Discord will be on the webpage. Um, from there, you can also find all of our other episodes, including our regular weekly episode uh, in tandem with this bonus content. Um, you can also find our socials, Twitter uh, being one of them, at CampGamePod. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, Campfire, uh, I believe it is youtube.com slash Campfire Gaming Podcast. Is that right, Matt? Did I get that right? Uh, you'll probably want to search for us, but yeah, we're there. Yes. We we need more subscribers so we can actually have a legit URL with our, our Campfire Gaming Podcast. So That's true. That's true. When so you just visit, Look, look up Campfire Gaming Podcast. We're the only one that you probably will find. Yep. All right. We're the best one, too, if you find any others. So. Yes, yes. All right. So... Going into week two, um, we are coming off of a pretty, uh, I don't know, the, the the last episode opened up pretty action-packed. I mean, we covered that last week with, you know, kids getting their hands and arms and faces ripped off by plasma <laughs> and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, and then it kind of tapered off as far as the action. Um, just to recap a little bit, um, at the end of the episode, basically, John Halo, you know, Master Chief, goes rogue and decides to take Quan Han on a little space trip after they after he touched the forerunner artifact got some flashbacks that good stuff so that's kind of the recap uh leading into this uh that's basically where we open up with the episode two is that um he's flying through slip space and he is uh ends up in an asteroid field um while this is all happening we also get um I can't remember is the flashback during this time I mean uh for for where we get introduced to the other spartan yeah 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 that was kind of like the the open to the show and then we oh, went into the okay. the the intro the show intro and then we went into yeah then heading to right okay so i got so. it i got it mixed up then yeah so yeah the the show opens with basically a flashback of master chief from essentially his spartan training days um and you meet up with another spartan another young spartan by the name of soren and um, I think even then he's got kind of a messed up arm. It's kind of implied that, you know, a lot of the Spartans ended up pretty mangled and destroyed mm-hmm. from training. This is pretty accurate to the books, if I remember. Um, I've only really he, read Fall of Reach, so. He also says it's from them. He says something about, like, they took his hand from him or something like that. Like, they, he mentions that as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so the augmentation process is clearly messing with a lot of these kids. And Soren is basically trying to escape. And John decides that he's trying to stop him. But, I mean, he, I guess, last minute, he kind of has a change of heart. You know, they have a really good back and forth dialogue about how, you know, um, essentially Soren is getting woken up to all the the nonsense that the UNSC is trying to fill their heads with. And they're the brainwashing and the drugs that they're taking and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of tearing apart at John's worldview at what they're trying to do. And so he's trying to, you know, basically be the uh, be the uh, 
what what would you call it? Like he's just he's trying to be the cop in this whole ordeal, <laughs> and he's trying to stop him from running away. Well, it. I almost did. You guys get the sense that the way Soren kind of first started talking to him was that maybe the original plan that John was actually going to join him in Ludwig. Mm, that's true. I kind yep. of got that feeling yeah, a little that's, bit. That's what I got too. That's. I think that was the vibe that they were supposed to do. Because that's yeah. why he was he was so surprised, you know. He's that you know, he's like, "Where's your suit and all this, all of that?" You know, mm-hmm. like, why aren't you prepared? Because that's kind of where, like, I kind of got that vibe, like they're trying to set up that kind of inner conflict that he's kind of, you know, you see him as an adult kind of having, or that they're to me starting to portray. But like, because like he's sitting on the bed there, and it, like he looks over at Soren's bed, which is empty, and it kind of like he pauses, and yeah, it really got, and then obviously then to the conversation with Soren, uh, it really came across that like he was going to go, but he was torn, and he ultimately decided that, you know he wasn't going to go and then he was going to stop Soren, which then obviously through the conversation, we see that he, he gives him five yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> five minutes. To- he asks for 10 and John being the asshole that he is gives him five instead. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing that I'm learning about, about master chief in this silver timeline is that he's kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm getting that vibe too. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an ass and not a very good friend from, and we'll probably break that down to the rest of the episode. He kind of carries that forward, I think through the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, but it was, I'll say as someone like, who, okay. who, who read quite a bit of the books, it was, yeah. it was a nice little callback to one Soren. Uh, he is one of the, as, he, as we saw in the show, he was one of the Spartans that went through the augmentation process and got, it, it just really kind of mangled him. Now in the show, it looks like it's just his hand. Yeah. Uh, in the books, he was got a little bit more deformed mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. So, uh, so, but it was, it was nice to kind of, I really enjoyed seeing Soren and his character kind of pop up in this show. It was a little odd though, seeing that um, again, it's, it, this is more on, how they're taking the silver timeline is that he chose to escape in the silver timeline, where in the book timeline or game or whatever universe that's called. I don't know. He, he kind of had a desk job for a while, had some, somebody whispering his, in his ear about the insurrectionists and, and, you know, sympathize, sympathizing with them and then ultimately went off to join them. Uh, but if I remember correctly, they, Oh, did he end up at the rubble, which we'll get into? I can't remember if he did that in the books or not. I mean, that's that's going to be your area, not mine. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even know what book one. does he end up showing up in. I think it was one of uh, the Halo like Essentials or something was called. It was a lot of short stories, oh. um, so it's not like he had his own big book. And it definitely uh, for you, someone who read the first couple books, he wasn't in that. But yeah, I mean, I don't remember there was character. There was mention of. Uh, other Spartans that failed the augmentation that kind of fell out. Right. Yep. So, Oh, that I mean like they either died or got massively yep. deformed or something like that, or they just, it didn't really impact them or something and they weren't able to be Spartan. Like it was a pretty brutal process according to like, you know, the books describe it as a pretty brutal process. And I think that that's kind of what they were going after. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so Heather, do you think that this kind of, um, did, did any of this really like, coming from the books it kind of makes sense but given that you haven't really come from the books does this kind of did the the way that they portray it kind of make sense i mean i i guess so like they they kind of fill in the blanks for me like i said this this uh like i said in the previous episode i feel like this is trying to get people like introduced to the franchise just maybe not mm-hmm. so much in the lore way so i felt like it it kind of made sense yeah so it definitely did a did a do a pretty good job of kind of expanding that sort of backstory of master chief. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't write a memoir on his life. Right. But <laughs> I, I understood what was going on there. I didn't think okay. that there was anything that was hard to understand. Cool. Did you think so? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I've privileged to know a little bit of background on the books. So I kind of get the idea of like, 
what's happening in this time frame. I get some of the references. I don't know who Soren is, but I can see what, like, I can infer what's going on about, like, you know, oh, they have a shot of, like, the empty beds, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know. It's because a lot of these kids are ending up dead, and, you know, they go missing. And I even think in the books, like, I think John, or Master Chief, kind of takes it personally, too. Um, well, when in, some in... of the, the first group of Spartans end up dying to the augmentation process. Yeah, it's it was one of the times where he felt helpless, right? Yeah. He slowly through the training up to that point, led the rest, you know, kind of rose to the top and up being that kind of uh, leader of all the Spartans. And, you know, in a way he looked at is taking him into a battle that he had no control over. And mm-hmm. so he was going to lose people. So, yeah, it hit him hit, if from what I remember, it hit him pretty hard in the books. But. Right. Okay. Well, and so I guess the thing that I want to say, maybe this is just my my uh understanding when i when i watched it right is like i didn't get it that they were dying from the augmentation process specifically but like i did notice like the way thing that i got is like it's military-esque right and then obviously they hate it there obviously you know things are going wrong because you know you have somebody mutated right but i'm like they don't go they don't straight up like ham fist feed you that oh yes this augmentation process is killing people but through the conversations, you can kind of pick it up that, you know, whether it's the augmentation process, whether it's their like training and testing of them to become superhuman, like things are going wrong. Right. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, kind of a crapshoot to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he gives, uh, John gives him five minutes. And then from there, we basically cut from the intro into the rest of the episode where, um, what I was explaining earlier is that John is taking uh, Quan Ha to the rubble, which is um, a setting that is also, I think only mentioned in the books. I don't think that they ever really cover this in the games. Um, the only reason I realized it was from the books is because somebody in discord, I think mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically it's this big asteroid where a lot of, I guess it's insurgents, but it's, it looks like it's kind of like a, like a, almost like a criminal underground sort of place. That's like a city built into like a big cluster of asteroids. Yep. And so that's where they arrive. And that's where he's taking Quan with that forerunner artifact. So he's carrying that with them. They're walking through a bunch of streets. Some hilarity ensues with the forklift. And then that's where he ends up meeting Soren. So, you know, we build up this flashback, meet Soren so that we can re-meet Soren at the rubble. He's got his armor on. He meets with Master Chief, recognizes him, and he kind of takes him in with Quan Ha to his house. Um, From there, they kind of go into this discussion about, you know, the artifact and the training. You know, he's still constantly pushing master chief's worldview on the unsc being a spartan and all that sort of thing a lot of this episode really was just a lot of talking it was a lot Mm -hmm. more world building and talking than last week's episode where we had you know quite a bit of action from the get-go and it was more like i guess this was a lot more yeah expanding world building it some people say filler i don't know if i necessarily agree with filler per se but like it felt like they were really just trying to, it was like an exposition dump of an episode, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of going into like the setting of like the rubble and all that. I mean, what did you guys think of, you know, did, did the rubble kind of carry what your expectations of the books or, you know, what were your thoughts, Heather, about this whole setting of like living in an asteroid and all the different things that had happened while they were on the rubble? Matt, do you want to go first on this or do you want me to take yeah, it here? You go ahead. You got it. All right, I got this. So um, for me, honestly, like I had heard that this was like a bad episode, right? And like it was just boring people talking and stuff like that. I actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, I have my little problems here and there with like, like I don't understand why Soren is so willing to help Master Chief. And and Mm -hmm. on top of that, why is he so willing to take him into his home and still trying to get him when he even talks about like five minutes literally almost got him killed. Like. I don't un- I don't understand that dynamic. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, all is forgiven. Time heals all wounds, I guess. Because it Except doesn't seem arm. like... Right, <laughs> like what I know of the games, like I don't remember them talking about Soren in the game. I could be wrong, but I don't remember that anywhere. And so no. it's like, they- in the games, they don't seem to have kept in contact. And here, like I get we've only had one episode, but there's like, even in this episode here, like they don't 
established that they kept in contact. So I don't understand why he's so willing mm-hmm. to take him in. I expect a little bit of bitterness there, but honestly, I really kind of like this. I feel like, especially again, like I stand by what I said, this is, this is for people who don't know that much or didn't really like read the books or they're not lore masters or, or maybe they just know of the characters. Like this sets up a lot of good things. And I thought it was really cool what they were doing. You know, you have that goofy guy who, who, you know, lived to be like, he was among the covenant and lived. And so you talk about his craziness and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know. I really liked this and I really liked the, the rubble area. Like I thought it was really cool. I definitely got like the, like this actually felt like a rebel camp, right? Like I am mm-hmm. actually incognito in space away from the UNSC people, you know, you have to know where it is to find it type of a thing. Right. And you kind of get that idea when Master Chief, you know, comes out of slip space when they're first arriving and he's kind of yeah. dodging through all these different asteroids and things like that to like, you know, get to where the rubble actually is. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'd be interested to to know how he knew where it was, but other yeah. than that, you know, willing suspension of disbelief here, right? So, like, honestly, I quite enjoyed this, and I thought I thought the rubble were some was like a really cool place, right? That is, I mean, you bring up a good a good think right there. Is that like if he knows where this place is, you have to imagine that the UNSC also knows where this place is. Like, but they it's don't not like seem he would to. hide yeah it's not like they would hide this information from him or something like you Probably know like a... he would hide the information from them or something yeah, yeah but... i mean which again this is where like con- that convenient or lazy that writing or however yeah. right because like you could assume that like oh well maybe the unsc knows but then we get that very short scene with the rest of the silver team that are on that that frigate and they're like, well, we don't know where he, he went, but they were following some like slip space trail or something. They're like, it looks like he's near asteroid, right? They, they were confused too. So, I mean, you know, I guess that could be just, you know, maybe it was really convenient. Of- he just happens yeah. to know where Soren lives. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's just that, like, he just, he just happens to know where Soren lives. I'm, I'm going to hope that they put up some sort of like, as they go on, they have flashbacks of like, why Soren is so friendly with him and why he knows where where Soren is and all of this stuff because I didn't I didn't get that that mean that if he knows that's that means the UNSC knows mm-hmm. like right now so if we if we take a step back right like forget what you know of the lore forget what you know of like the games and stuff like that in just what they've built right we know that Master Chief is conflicted right mm-hmm. we know that he doesn't always do what he's told because that's what he is doing now. We don't know if that's a if that's a thing in the past or if that's like if that's a new thing, right? But we know that he doesn't always do what he's told. He doesn't always listen to commands and we know that he mm-hmm. hides things from from his superiors because he clearly never told anybody about that about what happened to Soren and all that kind of stuff like he reported him, but he never went, was like, yeah, he's uh, probably about 5 minutes that way, you know. Remember, he yeah, tried stopping right? him, but his gun jammed. His gun right. jammed. Yeah, he was giving <laughs> right. like a phony report. Yeah. yeah, right. So we know he keeps things from the UNSC, right? Just in this world building, mm-hmm. in this world that they've built. So I think it's plausible to say that just because he knows, it doesn't mean that the UNSC knows, right? right. So yeah, in point. the world that they've built, right? So yeah. that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah again this is more book stuff but like the spartans trust each other in the books again that doesn't mean that translates to that's how all the spartans trust each other in the silver timeline again which could explain well why didn't the rest of the silver team know about all this blah 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 right Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah it's a little bit of um creative liberty convenience yeah that's what i think that kind of was yeah i I mean mean, yeah like you're right like he he's it's funny how they make him sound like in the first episode, he's basically just a UNSC robot that just only follows orders. But we can see that even way before all that, he was still, you know, he still had the aptitude to disobey, to kind of fudge orders, to kind of, you know, work through mm-hmm. his own plan. Right. So, to yeah, technically comply. Yeah. To technically comply. <laughs> so it's like, that's interesting that, yeah, like, he goes from, I only follow orders, touches the artifact, now I don't really follow orders anymore, but he f- 
never really like was great at following orders from the get-go like even when he was young and in training now maybe that's Mm -hmm. because he hadn't taken enough pellets yet or he wasn't given (laughs) enough yeah enough hamster pellets for his uh through his armor but it's something i guess something interesting to think about it's just a little bit more nitpicks that i suppose that i have well so so that's what i'm saying right is like in the world that they've built they they didn't build him as a as a robot they built him as an image of a robot right as far as the unsc knows that he's a robot but Mm -hmm. what we're coming to find out as the audience is that he doesn't exactly do everything that he says he does like you said he technically complies right so as far as they know military yes i did no i didn't yes he did right but in Mm -hmm. reality he may have done something like you know he let soren go and so yeah he held him up but oh you know he he wasn't able to to get him but he still did his job by trying to help hold him up mm-hmm. you know it's he's he's not he's still complying with their orders even though he was the one that was also going to go with him you know what i mean like i i don't i i don't know that it's necessarily a gripe for me i guess agree yeah, to disagree fair. there mm-hmm. that's fair so i mean from there i mean while we're talking with Soren, I mean, we kind of get a little bit more exploration on Soren and kind of his, what he's been up to. He's got a lot of, you know, he's got basically his own smaller asteroid home and they take that goofy like Temple of Doom cable cart to <laughs> get from the main part of the rubble over to Soren's house. But we, from there, we had we, to add some excitement to the I episode. Know, yeah, it was just so good. Go- I was just like, this has got Spielberg. Between that and the, the, the yeah. asteroid the asteroid field i was just like okay there's that's our excitement for the episode yeah and that's and that is pretty much where the buck stops more, mm. more or less i mean from there i mean we're in soren's home we meet that he's got a family um his wife shows kwan ha like i guess some drone feed where she sees on madrigal you have um vincher visner we mentioned it earlier visner or something like that Vish- vincher grass yeah vincher he's executing a bunch of insurrectionists on madrigal and then yeah yeah, he pops a couple of shots off at the drone how she knows this drone is existing or why that drone was there who knows but yeah she saw it all she saw that her people were getting executed and it's kind Mm -hmm. of building up this subplot of kwan's revenge for madrigal i guess not the most not the most like interesting thing because i mean yeah like we're here to watch master chief and his exploits i don't really care so much Mm -hmm. about what kwan ha does with madrigal because yeah, it's just kind of another, almost like another story thread. There's, there's, they kind of planted the seed last episode by introduce introducing this Fincher Graf guy, yeah, from just like a TV screen, you know. But it, it, it sounds like that, yeah, that might be Quan's kind of story going forward, uh, because we find out in this episode that this Fincher Graf guy was always at odds with her father, and now that her father's gone, you know, there's there's a power vacuum there, and he took over. Um, which then we also find out when we get some of the reach scenes is that he's actually kind of a UNSC plant and he's actually, you know, and it's ends up, you know, helping or what is it? Uh, create an alliance with the UNSC. I think we see at the end, by the end of the episode. So correct. But it's, it's just, it's also just a, it's kind of a little bit of a complaint with uh, the venture graph and the magical stuff is kind of similar to the high charity and Maquis stuff is like, they keep teasing this stuff and it's like, I'm ready for more. Like stop this little like barely stop anything last playing episode. Playing with me and give me something to yeah, play. Like, with. Yeah, like let's. I, I'm. I, I've. I've watched Game of Thrones. I can handle you know 18 different storylines go or you know going at once. Like let's just get into this. Like I want to know more of these things. Which I mean, I guess that's a good thing because that's going to keep me coming back each week to hopefully get a little bit more of you know what's going on in Madrigal and what's going on in High Charity. But mm-hmm. it can Am also I be a little frustrating. One? Am I the only one that doesn't care what goes on at Magical? No, I don't either. I, I, I was gonna that's say, that's like, what I was saying. I don't give a shit about what is going on at Magical. I'm here for the chief. I'm not here for Quan Ha. Right. I mean, I'm. It's not even necessarily that I'm not here for for that. I'm here for the chief. It's just simply that like they didn't do anything to to earn my interest in it. It's yeah. just some. It just feels like some plot they're shoving down my throat. Here, here's a thing for you to also do while we figure out what's happening with the chief and all of that mm-hmm. business. Yeah, yeah. We, well, need a, this... we need a B plot for something. So let's just shove a B plot in here. And she, we'll she's his baby Yoda. 
I think I think I think that's the problem with them dropping the the high charity and the magical stuff in or well again I guess a lot took place on magical last episode but this venture graph and the high charity stuff is they keep just dropping a little bit and it's it, to your point the magical stuff is why am I seeing this why should I care where I'm actually the opposite with the high charity stuff is like I like this mm-hmm. why don't you show me more of this so I'm with you um, for the high it, charity yeah like I'm with you, but like I said, I don't care about the baby Yoda plot here. Like yeah. she is literally just ride just along, along for the ride. You do what yeah. I say. You don't get to speak super often. Don't worry, we'll bring you to a place where people will love you and train you. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> let let's let's also mention the fact that it's hard to take her serious at all with that insanely stupid haircut. I'm <laughs> I, when I watch through the episode, you really hate again, that haircut. Dude, he's right though. The haircut, haircut is terrible. It's distracting. Just like, a, like a pseudo mullet. It's like, maybe I'm going to start taking you serious. Nope. Then they show your head and your stupid haircut. It's like, at nope. least she cleaned the blood off her face. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah, good. They, they got, she got the blood off her face somehow. Um. Okay. So as we're, you know, hanging out with Soren and, and those folks too. Um, you know, we that's when Master Chief and Soren kind of have this conversation about the Forerunner artifact and, you know, Soren explains about some guy that's living on the rubble who was captive of the Covenant and survived. And mm-hmm. he's kind of insane and he brings him to him to basically let him, Master Chief talk to him about this Forerunner. Well, we know it as Forerunner, but the show doesn't know it as Forerunner yet. This artifact that yep. when Master Chief touches it, it gives him strange memories of probably his family. We think it's his family. We don't know it's his family, but we're pretty sure it's his family. It's someone, it's someone else's family. It it's could a, be somebody a, else's family. It's a Blade Runner the only thing 2049 we know, plot. <laughs> right. Yeah, we only know that the, you know, that the Covenant refer to them as the Blessed Ones. We mm-hmm. know that Maquis can do it too. She has a conversation with the um, prophets. With the, yeah, with the prophets as the the whole council there, which was actually really really cool to see. By the way, like I I yep. thought that that was fantastic. It's so cool seeing like the covenant side of things. Like I really wish that if there were any A and B plot, it would be the A plot is Master Chief. The B plot is stuff happening on the covenant side of things. Mm-hmm. To me, that's super cool because that's in tandem with the games that's kind of the whole what makes a lot of this world super interesting is yep. what's happening on both sides um shame that you know maquis is a human but we'll get into that that's what's i guess part of yeah. what's driving the story is that humans are the only one that can really activate these artifacts and they talk with her and she says i want to go you know get this artifact i want to go and uh, I don't remember what what she was asking them to do. She was trying to get down to a planet of some sort, basically infiltrate because she's human and she can blend in with a lot of the humans and find mm-hmm. artifacts for the Covenant. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, I th- I think the reason she she really wanted to go find this thing is because it was probably news to her. As we found out, another deviation from what we're familiar with the games and the, and the books is uh, instead of all humans being, you know, reclaimers or, you know, that's, it seems to be only certain people. And as we've seen the show, it's just master chief and Maki right now, or I assume we're, we're assuming Maki, right? We haven't seen her actually touch forerunner stuff. We're told she's a blessed one. So I think she kind of was maybe a little shaken, right? She probably thought she was special. Yeah. And then to find out there's somebody else uh, that can, touch something and and <laughs> sorry in my mind i keep replaying the stupid elite which the elites look amazing oh in this, sure but his little redraws the circle yeah she she asked the elite to show me what happened when when it was the elite that escaped from the first episode and he does this weird pointing thing but anyways yeah so to me it just felt like she uh, she was a little bit shaken there because of the fact that there There's are more than human. one She's not unique. <laughs> right. Well, She's not I, the I only human who can activate it. I think that's rightly so, right? Like, isn't that kind of what they build? When you when you talk back on the rubble, they talk about the guy who was among the the covenant, the covenant. and yeah. and he basically went crazy and talks about how horrible it is there for if you're if you're not one of the, the chosen ones, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So to know that she's not the only one to do it makes her not you know indispensable 
So mm-hmm. now she she suddenly has some like they they could just decide, you know what, we don't need you. We'll just keep him alive, you know. Just yeet her out an yeah. airlock or something. Exactly. So it sounds like, you know, it's a scary thing to be with the covenant and not be needed. Yeah. Because it sounds like they will throw you out like with last late last week's trash, right? And they're yeah. going to do it in, you know, the waterboardy kind of way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. So I yeah, mean, no I, more food I, nipple access. I, exactly. <laughs> I I understand fully. I feel like that why she is a little shaken by it. Yeah, and I mean that makes sense. And yeah, she's so she's trying to basically set this up that she's going to be trying to integrate with uh, some sort of human faction so that she can find more of these artifacts and activate mm-hmm. them. But it was fun. Let's talk a little bit about that, like that little scene where Master Chief is talking to, the guy's name is Reth, by the way. He's talking to Reth, who is the crazy dude who was on board the Covenant something. You know, yep. I, I don't know if he was on High Charity or if he was just a cruiser. Or... He was with the Covenant for an extended period of time and eventually found his way off of the Covenant out of the Covenant's clutches. So he's, first off, I think he was doing a very, very good job of overacting how crazy he was. <laughs> and two, I, it it he was explaining to the chief a lot of like, this is where a lot of like the exposition dump kind of comes into play, where he explains all of this stuff about, mm-hmm. yeah, like the Blessed Ones, and they found some artifact, and there's a halo, and there's... um. You know, they're on some sort of a mission. It, oh, by the way, the halo is a weapon. And like, he just he just lays it all yep. out for everybody to hear. And then mm-hmm. you get Master Chief has his own Batman moment instead of where are they? It's what am I? <laughs> he gets all angry. I I, I personally hated this entire scene. Did uh, you? From, I thought one, the set design and kind of trying to set up that that environment that they went to. And then. I thought Reth, like to your point, was just overacting. It was just, yeah. And then, and then again, I'm a, I'm a book game nerd, so just seeing seeing a different chief is sometimes hard. So seeing a chief that doesn't keep his head and keep his cool and and you know try to figure you know problems out, you know, and then him just kind of get a little ape shit, you know, for a second on on Reth was just like this, right? This ain't chief. Yeah, the you only... know, he doesn't he doesn't have these breakdowns where he, you know he lets his emotions get the best of him. Like... Right. The only time I ever remember Chief yelling ever is that when Cortana and three four three Guilty Spark are bickering back and forth, and he just goes enough. Yeah, that was the extent <laughs> of his yelling. He doesn't really yep. yell after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't I don't like that either. I don't like that he gets so unbelievably emotional considering he's supposed to be somebody who's kind of had suppressed emotions and yep. he's you know he's a very like repressed individual which is why you end up needing something like cortana to help balance that out right like that's I'm, yeah why i mean she exists technically they're setting that up per right. you know in the show they're like this is somebody that's unstable and you know they need cortana which you know he doesn't know about but i mean yeah as far as the scene with Reth, this was kind of you know we finally are starting to get a little information on the forerunner kind of what the covenant goals are you know what they're doing and uh you know it just again just kind of odd though like the the whole like it, it rest journey and this this will be interesting to see how maquis came into play too because Reth made it sound like the covenant are capturing a bunch of humans to test them to see if they're blessed ones and then i don't know if he was crazy before or became crazy through what they did to him but then they either kill him or it, spit him out or however he escaped so mm-hmm. see i kind of agree with you and i kind of disagree with you so i thought reth was awesome i <laughs> truly think that he nailed it like we're we're talking like some of the best acting in the show in my opinion like he <laughs> hold up hold I, up the best acting in the show so far has been my man chevy tahoe okay chevy tahoe. <laughs> yeah but that's a given so like that there's, there's chevy so tahoe well. acting and then there's everybody else okay here so we're in the everybody else character or category here um but like i he sold it that like that dude's seen some stuff and like mm-hmm. he is you know like he's seen he's seen things you don't you can't unsee and like he <laughs> 
fully understands what they're trying to do and and at what costs they're going to do it. Like I I was getting that out of him. My I I'm with you on the set design. I was very confused with the set design. Like I couldn't decide if he's like supposed to be some prisoner. Is he supposed to yeah. be like down there because he's so crazy? He's a danger to everybody else on this rock. So there's mm-hmm. law in this lawless place or like I don't That's know understand it. Yeah, and I was also like really confused by he made them shut the door and then Quan yeah. Ha comes in and leaves the door open and he's like, that's fine. You can leave the door open. <laughs> everybody yeah. else, nope. Well, that's the thing that, that yeah, made me laugh was, was that, yeah, to your point, like, was this a prison? Was it an asylum? Was it a little bit of both? And then it was just like, they walk up to his cage thingy or whatever it was. And they just walk in. I'm like, oh, like, what is this? Like, yeah, like I just, I didn't understand it either. I thought that was a little weird. It's not locked, so it must not be a cell, and it's not a padded room, so maybe it's not a crazy house. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe it's that's so the weird. that's the slum living when you can't yeah. afford much on rubble. I mean, you get that. I don't. I know. mean, to be honest, that's kind of what I thought it was. Like after Quan Ha just kind of like meanders through the the door, I'm just like, oh, okay. So really, this is just his house. He's just got kind of a, yeah, that, that's his living space, I guess. Yeah, but then yeah, really why weird. can't anybody else get out and, and go talk to, or and like get in their way when they're going, on their way to see him? And he's I guess like, that's you know, true. don't yeah, worry, I brought churros, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, he, well, that's, he was, yeah, Soren was feeding churros to the, yeah, to the, I guess, prisoners, because they couldn't open the door, I guess. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's, super that's what I don't, that's what I don't know. So like, I don't understand the set design. I don't really understood what's happened there. Mm-hmm. And also, since we're here, I guess, Matt, maybe you can answer these two questions for me. Why is Master Chief, like, surprised that's, that uh, Sauron has a kid? Like, is there something in the books about how it makes him sterile yes. or something like that? Is it something like the Jedi Order they're not allowed to? Like, <laughs> I, uh, so, I don't so understand. In, in the order. silver, yeah, in the silver <laughs> timeline, it's sounding more like Jedi Order. Just, you know, don't have that distraction. In the books... The the augmentation really you know messes with their body and makes them I I don't remember the detail I don't think there's anything removed but it, it just threw a bunch of the hormones and the bone grafts and the muscles and blah you know all this crap that they do like they physically like reengineer these Spartan twos uh, but through that process they were like they came out sterile right so okay. uh, you know clearly they kind of brought that idea over but it sounds like as we found whenever soren and chief were talking in soren's home was there's some sort of pellets that yeah. are in the suit that are I'm, I'm assuming that leads into the whole kind of keeping them brain dead memory loss you know well, we, we heard about that right yeah like, that's something that that halsey mentions is like that's the exact function of them right because mm-hmm. they talk about like you know well, when they find him, they've got to find a way to basically terminate him. And she's like, no, you can't terminate him. We've, we've been ahead of this the whole time. Right. Um, And then she, she talks about how the pellets, their job is to kind of deaden them a little bit so that they Mm want to be yes, men. Oh, you want me to go do that? Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You know, and in this case, the pellets aren't working and that's why Cortana is your, your next option that's why the sales pitch works right i think some of it is the pellets and the condition the conditioning are well the conditioning is has been cracking for chief as we saw at the opening uh so then the pellets in turn aren't doing their best job right so he's starting to kind of wake up essentially but he's still you know it's uh, it's yeah okay well yeah i mean it's he's starting to wake up because yeah like he touches the the forerunner artifact again and it kind of just sends out a nice big blast wave and then basically from there he and he packs up and decides to leave um and then he leaves kwan behind he he asks soren hey can you watch baby yoda for me and he's like yeah okay i guess and then he leaves without her and then i think this is when this kind of cues that whole like venture madrigal sort of subplot thing going on because now yeah now they're separated and then yeah master chief just goes right back to blue team they're on the stalwart dawn i believe is what the the ship is called he just turns himself in and then they take him back to reach and then he is uh in a prison cell so like as they're leaving you see him like executing rebels and stuff like that i thought there were no survivors uh of that encampment 
Oh, oh so these on are magical. just other people? Yeah, I'm magical? assuming that those were not the only people on Madrigal, that there was other, like, cities and things like that. It kind of depends, right? Is it how much of an outpost is this? Is this? I don't know. Like, it yeah, could it be like a you know, one farm. set of rebels somewhere, or it could be like eight rebel cities on a planet that the UNSC can't touch for some reason, but actually they can because Spartan showed up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so know. I don't know. Yeah, they weren't clear on who they were killing and why. <laughs> He's just I mean, executing like, people. I mean, he was just you, blasting you, people, citing Shakespeare. I think you could you could gather from some other tidbits left in the show that they potentially were quant like sympathizers or you know uh, friends or something, you know, colleagues of Quan's dad. Which then is you know again that the power vacuum was there, so he just come in and he's just killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, they're nobodies. They're like, he's just shooting them. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, it sucks for them, but who are they? Why do I care? Right. Mm-hmm. That's part of my problem with this, with this guy. And part of why I'd, I'm not interested in the subplot is because like, yeah, it's terrible that he's just point blank executing people and that he seems to be working with the UNSC. Like they're, they're showing you that the UN, UNSC, not all of it is, you know, all roses, you know, with the mm-hmm. whole, you're going to murder a teenager just because she doesn't want to, you know. Cause she says, fuck the establishment. And then you go into and you put this guy in power and he's just murdering people just to murder people. Like, that's great. Like I, I get it, you know, big military, like overlord, bad, got it. But Vansher is I, like every bad D and D player I've ever played with. <laughs> yeah. And I just like, I just don't, I just don't get it. And I, I think that's one of my hardest mm-hmm. cells, but yeah. then I also think it's weird, like, so she's clearly appalled, right? So, like, we know that it's somebody that she either knows or cares about or somebody that cares about her in some sense, and she feels some sort of, like, allegiance to these people in some way, shape, or form, right? Like, we we can kind of get that, and we can get that she's appalled that, you know, this guy specifically is in charge. But, like, (laughs) what is she supposed to do on this place? Because if I'm her, like... I don't trust Soren. I don't know who he is. Like yeah. he's yeah. he's some dude. Who says they're not gonna murder me afterwards? And if right. if Master Especially Chief's since... a Spartan, who says that he's not a Spartan that's gonna you know turn me in? Or maybe he's like you know some double agent for something. Like clearly, more than one person is looking to kill her. They mentioned that too. Is that like she's got a bounty on her? Yeah, head. she's got a bounty on her head. And they're like, oh, you know about the UNSC bounty? And she's like, oh no, she's got that too. Oh okay, so like. If I'm her, like, I don't feel safe. I would wanna not want to be there. Like You want to know why she's safe? Because Soren's kid put a smiley face on yep. Master Chief's hand. Yep, they're friends. They're bros, <laughs> yep, they're bros for life. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah, but, but bros before hoes. She's just a hoe that's in the way. <laughs> Sad, All right. Yeah. All right, moving on. So back at back at Reach, we have Chief in a cell. We have a council of UNSC brass chit-chatting it up and this is probably the most boring part of the entire mm-hmm. episode in you, my opinion you forgot to mention that he drives five feet away from the asteroid and then flips on his homing beacon that's true I, yeah. don't get me started on that the asteroid <laughs> like like one kind of going back a little bit like how you know we already asked the question of like how did he know it was there but like he just comes out of slip space and it's just like right in an asteroid field i'm like what the hell like this is just stupid and then yeah when he leaves it's like nope just you know, free sail and there's there's nothing in the way. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you you, f- you can fly over the asteroid field. Yeah, actually, yeah, turns out he just didn't know that before. I guess we we just needed that that excitement <laughs> in yep. the episode. And that was the way they did it. So. It's very forced. <laughs> yes. So then, yeah, now that he's back on reach, you have uh, you know, uh, I believe that's that that was Lord Hood that was leading sort of the conversation. Yep. Um, with you know Captain Keys, Parangoski, Halsey, like the whole. The whole rest of the cast is sitting around a boardroom kind of chit-chatting about what to do about Master Chief, what to do about, you know, AWOLing Spartans. Um, Halsey brings up the Cortana program. She, you know, gets the the stink guy from Parangoski who reluctantly kind of agrees that, yes, we are testing out the Cortana program. And I guess this was kind of like their their attempt at making Halsey seem kind of manipulative, but like... It felt the person who can, yeah, yeah, that gets the the a person who gets their way by manipulating the perception of others. 
I don't know why Parangoski didn't just be like, no, I didn't authorize that. <laughs> and then just yeah. end the conversation there. She's just like, okay, whatever. I guess I'll roll with this. Yeah, this, because I, I'm interested now. Like, I don't I, I was so confused by a lot of that. And I didn't understand why all of a sudden the change of heart when last episode she was bitching up a storm about how Halsey is keeping going, keeping this Cortana program thing running. And she told her to shut it down. And then she's pulling mm-hmm. funding from the Spartan program and yada, yada, but yada. Wasn't that something to do with because she she was invested in the Spartan program? Like. It's one of those, like, if the Spartans have to pull out and we have this menace around here that I've introduced, there's no coming back from that. Like, she's kind of in a situation of, like, do and don't. Like, if it doesn't matter if you do or you don't. Like, you're you're damned either way. Because, like, if if Master Chief, right, they've created this this specimen of a of a war machine, if you will, right? He's unreliable. And now they've basically built this thing that they cannot combat that is unreliable, right? Now she she's in trouble because they're in a real bad spot, right? Mm-hmm. If they have a way that they've been working on to control with and it goes south, well, now she's in trouble because she just kind of was doing this underhand. Like, she's kind of damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. But I thought it was more so that she's so heavily invested in the Spartan things that, like, part of her it seems like almost part of her career is made off of that spartan project as well from what they were trying to put together that she's just like that I mean, she's I, just kind of like i guess i go with it because i mean it's i guess but, yeah i mean i guess but she was literally the same person who was talking about pulling the plug on the whole thing just last yeah. episode she was ready to be like yeah we're gonna cut the funding off we're gonna shut down the program you're not gonna make spartans anymore and we're done with this and she was mm-hmm. like that was her decree and so now she's just like, actually, you know what? Never mind. We're not going to do that. You know, we're going to keep the Cortana. I guess we're going to keep the Cortana, you know, it, Cortana thing going. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to give Halsey the stink eye for like five minutes while this board meeting happens. And then Halsey, you know, she claps her hands and she's like, yay, I get to keep my stuff. And then mm-hmm. she talks with Master Chief. Master Chief explains a lot of the Forerunner artifact stuff. And she's fascinated by it and then miranda keys throws a hissy fit why because halsey got the artifact first and now they're kind of exploring what that is and then i believe the episode ends on kind of a you know it ends on a a note where master chief is basically explaining some of the stuff that he saw with the artifact and while he's explaining it, you basically get to see a nice butt shot of McKee and she's, you know, undressing out of her weird covenant clothing. <laughs> and yeah. And then you just get to see her butt and her side boob. And then that's basically where the end of the episode happens. Yeah. I, it, just kind were of you guys surprised. Were you all surprised about the booty? There's booty in this episode. It, yeah. It, it made no sense. I mean, <laughs> I, I was, I was whatever at this point they're going to, probably can because uh another paramount plus show does weird stuff not necessarily booty but this like try to shock the audience type Mm -hmm. stuff so it's just like okay i guess this is the type of show we're gonna have you know where we're just gonna randomly do these things that are supposed to shock you and go what whoa there was a bit in this episode kind of rewinding a little bit to the the meeting with all the the higher ups like the thing that frustrates me most about this show is all these people are supposed, all these different people that we see that are supposed to be in charge, your Perengoski, your keys, uh, Lord, Lord hood. We didn't get a lot of him, but he just seemed like some old dude that wanted to go take a nap. But like, to me, like <laughs> nothing, he was nothing. Pretty, he was commanding pretty good. I thought like he, he was just, he was had that commanding presence. Like, all right, somebody needs to explain. Otherwise I'm going to put a foot up somebody's yeah. ass kind of a thing. I don't know. It just, none of these people come across with any sort of authority. Like, like, like they know what they're doing. Uh, it, it like, I said last episode with like Halsey and Parent Gosky, they just seem like two like, you know, people that are just bickering and trying to like, you know, silly little like, oh, I'll say we have this Katana project where where, you know, it might cause issues if she says, oh, you know, we you know, it's flash clones or whatever. I don't know. They just they don't again, it's a silver timeline, blah, blah, blah. But like they just they're nothing like their characters in the book. You know, it's just they're they're these just people that have. I don't even know what I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this. There's no strength to their characters whatsoever. They're just 
very lame in my book. <laughs> right. It's more it's or just... less, it's less of like an adaptation and more like a, uh, like a base, like a, like a, this story is based on Halo. It's not an yeah. adaptation of Halo. Well, again, it's like Perengoski in, I, I don't know. I should look this up. I don't know if Oni exists in the silver timeline. She's the head of Oni though. This like deep, dark secret, you know, crap, like, you know, doing like what the, she probably did was put this as we find out at this meeting too, is that this venture guy was put in place by the UNC, right? You're doing stuff like that to destabilize governments. They used to do later on in this, you know, the games and the books, they'd kind of do some of the stuff with, with, uh, well, I guess they're not covenant, but some alien races in the future. And it's like, there's this, this weird, like cold war, weird shit going on with it. But like, again, this, she just seems like an angry mom in this, right. like, you know, especially when she talks to Miranda. <laughs> like, right. And they're all like, they're all bickering with each other. Meanwhile, yeah. there's, you know, a, a large alien, race or a large mm-hmm. alien force that's basically wiping out planets and glassing them and all that i mean they spec they they call that out that that's something that does happen throughout yeah. this episode is that they do like glass planets and destroy entire colonies and things like that so meanwhile we're going to be bickering about what to do with master chief i guess yeah and it's just yeah and as far as the the maquis stuff i i don't get that uh i did find it interesting though when chief was telling halsey it towards the end of the episode about touching the the forerunner object she if you notice she cut him off when he started talking about his past yeah which again that feeds into the whole like we're trying to hide you from whatever your family and your Mm -hmm. past and all that stuff which i'm not really sure why you know like why would they want to do that like the the spartans largely know why they're there they're there to be super soldiers and Mm -hmm. protect humanity you know like they're there to be soldiers yeah well i think it was a big deviation too from the books and what we know of the show so far a lot of like when these because they were all six when they were abducted for those that don't know anything about the halo story that might be listening uh so like they were brought in and then and a lot of them were told why they were brought in and given essentially the choice to stay or not right so yeah they're six-year-olds and you know probably don't have the best judgment especially when you're dropping something heavy like that on them like we're going to turn you into you know humanity's super soldiers right you know Mm -hmm. but like there was never like hiding the past from them they they were told straight up front you know but here it's we're using drugs and like let's not talk about anything before the drugs you know (laughs) because that might destabilize you even more Mm -hmm. so i kind of want to like before we close this episode out I kind of want to draw, I think it's interesting how they're drawing parallels between Master Chief and Master Chief's sort of history and Maquis as well. Um, so like when Maquis is undressing, you do see that she's got a whole bunch of scars all over her back um, in a similar fashion to, you know, like what mass we see scars on Master Chief from all the augmentation stuff and things like that. It's interesting how they're creating that parallel of, you know, they're both blessed ones. They're both abductees. They're both, you know, essentially held captive by their, uh, by their abductee, so to speak. And they're both special in their own regard. We don't know what is special about Maki yet, because she doesn't appear to be some kind of like a super soldier or anything, Mm -hmm. but we see a lot of parallels being drawn between those two characters. I'm interested to see what relationship they have towards each other. My thought was, is that if they're going to go the, like the super cheesy route, they're like siblings or something like that, that they're going to make them like that's master chief's sister from his (laughs) forbidden family that he's not supposed to know about or something like that. And they're going to reveal that on episode nine that, you know, in a flashback, he's going to realize that there's a little blonde girl in his family and she was abducted too. And yada, yada, yada. That's it. Her hair is like, isn't it super white in the show? Maki's like, right? Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, like, like really, really blonde. Yeah. And, and now it's a black and white flashbacks, but in the two flashbacks we got, there's a, a dog with what appears to be white hair. Maybe, maybe we find out that that's not actually a dog. It's a, you know, we'll get flashbacks in the future and it's just another little girl and it's actually his sister, but yeah, no, right. it's paramount plus I'm expecting it to be either their siblings or they they're going to turn into lovers yeah. or right. some weird, like they're going to have some goofy twist or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Heather? You think I'm on the, on point? 
I'm laughing at his sister as a dog. <laughs> well, no, like, like that's how his memory's suppressed. Not that she's actually Maki is actually the dog in the flashback. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like trying to die over here quietly. <laughs> um, and then they like. There's also one thing that I'm I'm kind of worried about too, and I can totally see this happening. So I mentioned this to you um, late last week, Matt. That yep, I know I where think, you're going. <laughs> yes, I think it's starting to make me think that with this kind of an if this is the kind of episode that they're gonna have. If they're going to have more of these, it's really going to slow the story's pace to a crawl. And unless something really big happens next episode, that's going to advance like, you know, more, you know, because they keep talking about Halo. Halo is a weapon. We got to stop the Halo, that sort of a thing. My thought is, is that season one is truly going to end at like they find Halo. And that's it. That's why it's greenlit for a season two already is because they really end it on a maybe it's like a fall of reach kind of a thing and then they're on their way to halo at the end of the season it's kind of yeah we get like a almost a call back to halo ce where that's where season two picks up right yeah they want to you know maybe yeah maybe he jumps on board the the pillar of autumn with matt you know with captain keys and all that and then they ditch on out of there and Yep, season 10 ends with them facing off, you know, the, the ship is flying towards a halo and Cortana says something like, you know, you know, I you know like we I think we lost them or something like that and then it ends. It cuts to black and then we have to wait for season 2. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that they're going to pull some bullshit like that. And I've been worried about the same thing since you mentioned that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could see that, but I feel like depending on what they do, some of it will be necessary. I don't think they can fill an entire season with it. I just don't with how with how much they skip versus how much they come o- like they bring over. Uh okay, say that in English again. Um with how much they skip versus how much they dive into, right? Like I feel like we're bound to have more action shots in there and stuff like that like mm-hmm. i so i i think there is some some validity to that like there is a possibility that that's going to be the case but like if as long as they keep doing things like this like this was a very necessary like world building thing and i like i said i enjoyed this i felt like this helps a lot with what they're trying to build like setting aside what we all know to be the the halo series because again this is the the silver timeline mm-hmm. right um this this episode was important and i i'm hoping that they keep up the dynamic with like an action and then kind of like a splain in one an action <laughs> a splain in one you know yeah yeah, um, yeah i didn't I, I didn't hate the episode. No, I um, didn't. Yeah. And I didn't hate it either. I mean, like there, we've definitely seen a lot of reviews online talking about how like, this is like way, way worse, you know? And even I was saying that in the discord about how I was hearing that this episode is just, it falls off super, super hard and all that. And it's like, okay, like this was a big exposition dump of an episode, but I, it wasn't. I didn't think it fell off though. I liked this. episode. Like I thought yeah, it was like, fine. I, I, I think that no like fun. having kind of a slower episode was kind of, okay the more i watch this the more i kind of see what they're doing with it but it does make me think like you know they took creative liberties in places i wish they didn't and they didn't Mm -hmm. take creative liberties in ways that i wish that they did that's like i mean that's putting it lightly because they're taking and i think that's the the struggle i still have and will have as somebody who's been a part of halo for it since its inception well not since its inception since 2001 but I mean, it's, I think that's the thing I struggle with is just the amount of creative liberties is it's more like, well, why did you change that? Like there was no reason to change that. Like Mm -hmm. why, like in as dumb as it sounds, it's even little things of, of the, the fact that master chief was out of his armor twice in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I mean, hell that was something that three, four, three brought into their part of the universe when they took over halo and started building. It was uh, I forget what it's called. I meant to, actually meant to look it up and I, I forgot to Those machines was this that fancy take off machine. The armor. Yeah. Cause this stuff is supposed to wear way a ton, right? It's one reason why 
they don't take their armor off. Well, that that was the funny thing, right? So, like, when the Spartans are suiting up to go get him last episode, they, like, you see them in the machines. Yep. Yep. As they're finishing putting on their armor. But somehow, well, I mean, I guess it would reason to be that Soren might have something like that because Mm -hmm. he gets his armor on and off. That's... And yeah. and again, you could argue the what was it? What was our ship name? The stalwart something? Stalwart Don, I think. Stalwart Don. Like, I mean, you could argue there's probably one in there, you know. But it was again, it's just it was odd, and it's it's just little creative liberties that they take here and there that it just I do struggle. Like even something too that I was a little excited about seeing the rubble because again, obviously could be different in the silver timeline. But that was kind of an interesting place in the books because it's one of the very few places in the Halo universe where there was some covenant and humans actually living together in an uneasy kind of peace, right? Mm, uh, I think it was. Yeah. I don't quote me on this, but I think it was specifically the the jackals, the Kigyar that they were living there. But also, they, which is again funny, kind of Breath is a real character in the books, and he's actually uh, a jackal. And there's a whole little story that goes with him trying to undermine uh stuff with on the rubble and t- anyways but yeah so it's yeah, like even it's like, ways that even, they yeah it's ways that they took creative liberties where they probably shouldn't have because that actually would have been really interesting yeah. and cool if it was like if reth was still a jackal and mm-hmm. he was talking to somebody of the covenant and it's just like holy crap like there's actual covenant on this rock like that's yeah. insane and I think that would have actually kind of helped the world that they're building even more instead of the, I know, uh, sorry, Heather, I know you liked them, but the crazy mm-hmm. wrath that they have now, because the one thing they haven't done so far that they really kind of nailed down in the games and the books is like, you know, the covenant and the UNSC are at war, but they don't really point out that like the humans, the UNSC are losing and they're losing bad. And the whole goal right now, the covenant are to exterminate you know, all human life, right? They haven't really portrayed that in the silver timeline. So for all we know, they're just aliens versus humans. They're just fighting, whatever, right? So something like, oh, let's go to the rubble and there are jackals there living with humans. You know, it's plausible. It could be something that happens, right? You know, and I think would have been, again, a really cool thing to where it's like, hey, I know a guy. And then like, and then, you know, Quan and, and Chief kind of freak out. And then, yeah, I mean, maybe that's where you have Chief freak out a little bit because well, there's a jackal. I, I'm used to killing all of them. Why there's are we... a snake in my boot. <laughs> there's a snake in my boot, right? Yeah, so <laughs> someone poisoned the water hole. Anyways, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I mean... think that would be really cool, like world building too, showing that the Covenant isn't just all of this alien race. Like the alien yeah. races that are part of the Covenant are voluntarily part of that. And there's pe- there's, you know individuals of that alien race who decide not to just join up with the covenant itself. You know, I think that's interesting. So it was unfortunate again. So like to me, when there's kind of things where like, Ooh, how are they going to do this? This could be exciting. And then they take all these crazy creative liberties. Uh, It does, you know, it is sometimes hard, but yeah, kind of back to the original point. I do think uh, that it was probably a little overblown how bad this episode was from the press that got to see the first two episodes, yeah. you know, weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But I mean, y- y- you know, I-, I wish there was more. <laughs> I wish yeah. it wasn't some of the creative liberties they took. All right. Well, so then uh, with that said, I mean, let's, let's break it down. What would you give it for a score? I think last week we gave it, I think you gave last week a three. A three. I really struggle with the UNSC side of things because it doesn't make sense with people in the military, how just incompetent they are or how they, I don't know, they don't, they don't really kind of show authority and strength and intelligence. They're just a bunch of bickering, you know, kids. So that's, that's where it really, to me, hurt this episode. Although again, I, I enjoyed it probably a little bit more maybe than last week as uh, you know, other than the plasma, you know, kids getting blown up with five. I'd say maybe a four. Okay. So a little bit above, a little yeah, bit uh, a little ahead enjoyable. of where yeah, you got, you got a little, an extra point at this rate. You'll be at a, you know, at an eight in no time. Episode nine will be a 10 out of 10. There you go. What about you, Heather? What would you rate this one? I believe yours last week was a four. Yeah. I'm at like a six, seven on this one. I really enjoyed this. All right, I, she's on I, board. Yeah, Wait. I'm on board with this, and I'm I'm actually excited to kind of 
now that Master Chief is back with the the UNSC, I'm excited to see his interaction with the Spartans because we got to see a little bit of like, oh well, he's got a plan. He's always got a plan. Like I'm I'm interested to see their interactions with him and stuff like that, and how much of that code they have, you know, with each other. I like I'm excited for this. I thought it was decent. There's a few like creative liberties, like you said, which I mean. I don't have the same thing to the extent that you guys do, but um, I there's a few things where it was kind of like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, well, that's a thing. But overall, I liked it. Six, okay. seven for me. All right. I mean, I'd, I'd say I'd put this at like a five for me. I mean, I think it was just a just an average episode. I honestly thought that it was a lot of like, it was a big exposition dump. They took a lot of creative liberties. Like, you know, why are we telling people already that Halo was a weapon. I loved that idea that the Covenant believe it to be some sacred artifact, that they don't already know that it is a weapon, that it was just like, it crushes their worldview when they find that out. And that's what, you know, really motivates the Arbiter later on to go do his thing. Now, whether they decide to go that route is up to the showrunners, right? If they, you know, we suspect, the internet suspects that the the elite that's been hanging around is going to be the next, is going to be the Arbiter, but we don't know. Um, so it's stuff like that that kind of makes me go like, yeah, like why why did you take creative liberties there? But you know, like, yeah, you you have a bunch of other places that you could have improved a lot as well. The madrigal stuff is so boring. I don't care. Um I agree with you, Matt. The UNSC stuff is really boring because you can clearly tell that the people who are writing this show have got like no military background whatsoever. <laughs> I really do think that like yeah. they need to start consulting more military types or like, you know, do a lot more research on military organizational structures and things like that. Because yeah, it's clear that they have like, like they're trying to run this, like as like, they're trying to run like a, a more militaristic Starfleet or something like that. And it just mm-hmm. comes off as just so boring. It's so yeah. boring and just, incompetent is what it mm-hmm. seems like so, yeah other than that but yeah like all the stuff with master chief and soren i thought was actually really cool like i loved seeing that that sort of background of reach i liked that soren reminded me of like a spartany dave Chappelle. Um, <laughs> yeah. i thought it was uh all like i want to see more of soren i hope soren becomes more of a main character like more of a recurring character because he was just cool like he mm-hmm. was like that was what I was hoping from Master Chief is that Master Chief would just kind of ooze cool because if you go back and like you know play the games and all that granted the showrunners didn't do that but Master <laughs> Chief is a very he's a very cool cucumber like he does not get riled up like that he doesn't get mm-hmm. unhinged and you know hyper emotional and things like that he's you know if anything he would probably say some sort of a smart ass remark before he would get really angry yeah um and I, I would I, rather see that kind of a Master Chief than, you know, I, what, I am agree I? With you. <laughs> what am I? I agree with you. Uh, as far as Soren, he's probably my third favorite character, though, uh, behind Chevy Tahoe and Pointy Elite, bro. And the so. Pointing Elite. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, if you haven't watched this show, at least go try and look it up online. I don't know. Maybe I'll throw it up on uh, our, our, our Discord. Get a GIF or, of it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Make a GIF I, of it. I that scene was just like I'm like damn the elites look good they did a really good what's he doing like, <laughs> what, what the hell is he is he drawing he's air drawing. show me and then he does some angry point into the air and yeah mimes the circle <laughs> anyways uh, but no I, I I'm enjoyed Soren I agree with you there so cool all right well that's gonna wrap it up for this week's review of uh, Halo the TV series. Thank you for listening with us. A reminder that you can like, subscribe, follow us, join us on Discord. You can find the link at campfiregamingpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at campgamepod. Subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, throw us a like. We would love love to hear from you in the comments as well. And with that said, we'll see you next week. Good luck. Stay safe. And as always, we'll see you next time around the campfire. 